Good afternoon, Patriots. It's Tuesday, February 15th in the year 2022. And today is Bended Knee. Or at least right now is Bended Knee. Later today will be Bards of FM, and tonight will be Fishers of Men. So you get to choose, but Bended Knee's cool. That's why we're all here. Patriots, we're in the midst of a crazy, crazy reveal of tyranny across this world. And we're going to have to continue to build our tribes that strengthen that which we believe and that which reinforces that relationship we have in Christ. Before we begin, just a quick mention, mypillow.com forward slash bards, mypillow.com forward slash bards. That's Bards Nation's landing page. Your promo code is bards, B-A-R-D-S. And there you can take advantage of all sorts of amazing savings. And at the same time, every dollar you spend in one way or another goes to fight for liberty, just like Mike Lindell is doing and continues to do every day including sending thousands of pillows up to Canada, even though Justin Trudeau has threatened to ban them, whatever. Also, thefoundersbible.com, thefoundersbible.com. Promo code there is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. That's the home of the what I consider to be the Bible of uh, for our time. It has our founding fathers' documents woven in within God's Word. It's an NASB 1995 edition, one that you do not want to miss. It's incredible and fantastic if you are a homeschooler. Finally, you have Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com, the home of Bards Nation's coffee. It's an incredible coffee designed for your health and your boosted energy and focus all day long. You'll also find other amazing health products there. On that site that are all part of a health ecosystem, notably is Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts currently on the market. Check that out, Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. There is a piece that was done in 1965 by Paul Harvey, who I consider to be one of the great and legendary storytellers of our time. If there's anybody that I look towards as a great model of how to tell a story with voice, it's Paul Harvey. There are others, but he's one of the best. This three-minute piece I'd like you to hear. Keep in mind this was done in 1965. Now, the, the audio was a bit scratchy because that's the recording of the time. So just listen closely. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the... So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. 
If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. Paul Harvey did that in 1965. How did he see it and the rest of the world miss it? And I think that's what we have to ask ourselves again today because we are here in full force. Everything that he has articulated is happening in our public view. It's no longer hidden. And the arrogance of this beast that we're fighting is continuing to show its full colors. We're seeing a country that we thought was our quiet neighbor up north, a little socialist by our standards, turn into an absolute tyranny overnight with one stroke of the pen. And not only that, as Canada gets played with its politicians doing the same nonsense they do down here, pay attention to the bigger game. They're all saying, well, we don't want this, but no one's saying stop it. Just like down here, everyone's saying, oh, Hillary's bad. She did the crimes, but no one wants to do anything about it. Just like down here, everyone's saying, well, Vax is the choice. Fochi is the problem, but no one wants to stop it. It's always the same game. It's a game of deceit, but it's the most deceitful type of deceit because it makes you believe a bit of a truth and it takes you down the path of deception. This is the true fight. This is the true fight of rooting out this evil, and it's not going to go away with loves and hugs. It's going to go away with vigilance of facing this evil with the mightiness of David, Joshua, and Gideon. It's now 11 minutes after the hour. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come here today as a re reminding ourselves of the level of deceit in which we face. Lord, we are dealing with principalities beyond our control and beyond our reach, and it is more important now than ever that we all stand before you, humble ourselves before you, repent before you, strengthen ourselves in that loving relationship and intimate relationship with Christ Jesus and stand boldly on the line. The line is being besieged, Lord, and you know that. And so we do pray for your strength, but we pray for your mercy of this nation. We pray for a 
time that we can once again come together and truly live in joy and peace, as has been shown in the streets of Ottawa and around the country of Canada. May we be reminded of the true joy and glory of us coming together as one people, not divided by media, not divided by politicians who have the tongue of snakes, not divided by corporate interests that try to keep us separate from one another, imposing their will upon us as if they themselves are God. But Lord, instead, let us see clearly through the, through the deceit of the devil. The devil is doing his bidding, and he's doing all he can to help build hell here on earth with our free will. Let us not be fooled. Let us have the strength and courage to make the hard choices, those choices which, as we make them, make life a little less convenient, a little more of a struggle. But let us be reminded in Jeremiah 6.16, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But they said we will not walk in it. Our choices before us, Lord, as you know, you have put before us an open path, a place to choose by free will. I choose Christ, so send me. And as we say these words, Lord, we ask that we can be closer together in fellowship, stronger in fellowship, greater in unity with our Lord Jesus Christ. We are pray today for Canada as it begins those dark hours under a new rule where their nation literally overnight in the midst of a peaceful protest had their government turn on them and declare well over one and a half million Canadians terrorists and enemies of the state. We pray for Canada. We pray for the will of the people, the strength of the people to stand strong, to not give in, to not bend a knee. We pray for those in law enforcement and in the military to make the choice, a wise choice, to stand with the people and God's children, not stand with the tyrants. Our eyes are open, Lord, for we sit now at the cusp of a major divide. There's no parties. There's no political parties. There's different points of view, but the real and true division is tyranny versus liberty, enslavement versus liberty. And those that pursue liberty are the, the pers- are those that pursue the relationship and intimate relationship with you, Lord. For you granted us liberty. You gave us unalienable rights. And yet, in spite of that, we have squandered so much. Forgive us, O Lord. Forgive us for what we have done. Forgive us for what we have allowed. Grant us mercy to heal this nation, to heal our nations across this world. May we find the humility in our hearts to put a knee towards you, to bend a knee before you, Lord, and to seek that true forgiveness deep in our heart. Lord, we know that in the end, the ultimate judge of all of this is you. And we have seemingly forgotten that over years of misdirected education, indoctrination into Lucifer's hands and ways. We have forgotten that 
The true judge is not the institutions of men, but is you, O Lord. So we bring our case before you, Lord. We make our appeal to you, Lord, not to these institutions of men, which have no control and no dominion over us. For as we are reminded, we have dominion. We have dominion over all evil. As is said in Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. And we see the enemy, Lord. The enemy has infested the institutions that we should be able to trust, but sadly, we didn't pay attention to as they became corrupted with Lucifer's agents. Forgive us, O Lord. Forgive us for our transgressions, for our mismanagement, for our apathy. But let us not make those mistakes again. I commit to stay and I encourage all that listen to commit this day to never let this happen again. And so, Lord, I sit before you and as many that seek this same to ask for the forgivenesses of this nation and to give the commitment of my heart that we shall never let this happen again. That we shall stand boldly in the face of evil. And though we know that this is a trying time, that evil has a higher ground in so many ways, that evil has the control to manage and seize our monies and seize our homes and seize the many things that have given us value in this world. Let us have the strength and trust in you, Lord, to realize that none of that matters. And as we place our trust before you, Lord, let us be reminded that you provide all that is needed if we truly trust in you. For nothing of this world can bind us unless we choose to be bound by it. Nothing in this world shall control us unless we choose to have it control us. And no institutions of man can have dominion over us unless we choose to acquiesce our power to them. Let us rise as your children. Let us stand boldly in the face of this evil. Let us be reminded of the strength and power in which we have. In John fourteen twelve. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Father, here we are. Our hearts are open. We're honestly putting ourselves before you. We feel the pain of what has been done in this nation. We feel the pain of what has been done by so many as they have turned away from you. Forgive them, Father. And let us take the burden of what they have done, the sins that they have done upon our shoulders. For we seek to heal this land. And we take our case and appeal to you, Lord, to stop this evil, this insurrection of, insan of insanity. To give us strength and clarity of the march forward to know where we're going, even if we don't know where we end but to come together as one in a fellowship bound by that love in Christ, strengthened by your hand, knowing that no evil can touch us, no weapon can be forged against us, 
and that we shall prevail in the end. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We keep our eyes on Christ, patriots. We keep our eyes on Christ. And in these days right now, we not only have to pray heavily for Canada, but we need to pray for America to wake up. Canada is fighting a lone fight right now. At least it feels like that to them, and I have empathy for that. They shouldn't be feeling that way. Their greatest neighbor is sitting here south of the border. We can change the world, and together with Canada and the United States connected, united together, we can rock the entire foundation of the earth. We need to join that light on the hill, all of us here in the States. We need to reinforce the ranks of Canadians who are standing boldly. Canada's problem is not theirs alone, as the media would want you to believe. Or worse yet, that their problem isn't significant. It's very significant because it's shaking the obedience to the deep state. Don't be deceived by the words of the deceivers. For those of you that are eager and excited about the news of Hillary or Durham or Trump, put it aside because there's nothing that you can do about it. Do the things that God puts before you where you can truly affect change. And truly affecting change means leaving the pew and going into the neighborhood. It means facing people, building community, talking of God, helping people see the way through these deceptions. It means comforting those that are in fear. It means doing the kind acts, the acts of unexpected kindness, in fact, for those that you may not even, that may not even want to hear what you have to say. We need to rupture and break down the hearts that are blackened and darkened. And right now, more than ever, we need to be walking in that one body of Christ. This is a time when we have to build the fellowship as strong as we can because this enemy is ruthless. It is evil. It will pursue us to hunt us, to kill us without any problem. I don't fear that. But as this enemy comes closer and encroaches deeper on our lives, what we don't want to have to do is to face and confront fighting our neighbors. We want them to understand where we go so that they can at least follow. This is a treacherous enemy that must be pursued with the fury of Joshua and Jericho. But to get there, we have to have that loyalty within the rank and file that Joshua had of his army, that Gideon had of his 300. It's so important. And the way we get there is by extending that hand of trust and that hand of kindness and friendship to the communities in which we can touch. And that's a daily activity. We may not agree on the issues of the vax. Matter of fact, we won't. There's no sense in arguing about it anymore. We've tried. Now we simply have to show the act of kindness because many of them are going to fall subject to the neg negative elements of the vax. And we need to let them know that we will be there because we will. They are one of us. 
Bad decisions, yes. Stupid decisions, probably. But that doesn't change things. Because our guiding hand has to be there to heal and help them in the time of distress. And there will be much of this. As as things are revealed in the coming weeks and months, the shock to the system for many will be the realization that what was put into their body was designed to kill them. Think about that for a minute. That's the new level of trauma we have to face as those that have held the line. These people are going to be in a very perplexed place. And if they don't have a deep relationship with Christ Jesus, it's going to be a panicked moment, fearful moment, and probably raged moment for many. Our role becomes greater each day. As we walk in the body of Christ, we extend that hand of grace and prepare ourselves for war. That's a very difficult walk, but it's the walk of the true warrior of Christ. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Our prayers right now are more important than ever. We have to persevere in this time in prayer to continue to forge that rock of faith and connect us deeper to Father. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. Our mission, though, is not minimized in any way. Our moments here in this time, in this place, for such a time in this as this, are very simple. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tonight, Patriots, for Bards FM. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. And out for now. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces 
we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 